Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hola y bienvenidos a Deuces Wild with Hunter Pants. And will the thrill not with us today, Hunter? But as we should do each and every single day, he's here or not here, we want to properly salute him. Yes, 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 yes. Let's go, man. That's so much juice, dude. Uh, oh. It gets me fired up. I'm sweating. Bro, you know what, man? I'm going to salute you because every morning when I start the daily hustle like that, I always, Miguelito San Diego was my bench coach in Savannah. Uh, he used to host the daily hustle with me, or at least a lot of them. And then Will the Thrill. I like to throw them a little shout out. But this right here, like these fingers, man. Like once again, like you created this. Ish. I mean, it was like, it was Daniel Bryan who created it. I just happened to like bring it to baseball through watching the football, you know? And, and it was the, I told you the story the last time, man. Yeah. So it is crazy that it's still there. I love the yes fingers. It's a powerful movement, right? It's a powerful motion to get, you know, just like, yes, it's just like, gets you going, man. It's a, it, it gets you going. So you and I, we both just got back from the ABCA at C coaches conference, 10,000 coaches. They're absolute complete and total fucking shit show in a beautiful way. I man, like you were there with perfect game. I know you were doing shows. Explain to me because we met in passing and I want, I want to let you know, by the way, because when we were hanging out for the short period of time out in front of the hotel and by the bar, me and your boy who run the Academy, we went to get you a drink. We got you a, a beer and then well, I got myself a double tequila, but then we walked back over and we couldn't find you. And I guess you were, were outside. <laughs> so I gave your boy the drink. And My I, bad, I, dude. Got it. I got it. My bad. I couldn't move three steps without running into someone that I'd played against, played with. And uh, it was actually a guy who uh, this particular time, I, I feel bad, dude, because I was looking for you. But literally when someone starts talking to me, I can't just, you know, and. And then it's also like every one of them are cool stories, but this guy was in the double A championship against me on the opposing team, which had Billy Butler, Zach Greeky, uh, like uh, Alex Gordon. So like, that was like who was on his team. And he's like, dude, y'all beat us in double A. We couldn't believe it. And, and you know, it was, uh, so he was bringing up those old stories and we were just talking about that double A, uh, championship and uh and reminiscent but like that the abca was crazy i ran into so many people from my past that i played with and against man what a what an amazing event side question here give me the most talented player that you played with or against that never made it to the big leagues man it, it's hard to choose just one and you know this bernsey it's like sometimes you're just absolutely shocked Right. Like when someone gets released in here and, and I, you have no idea why, because they're like they're leaders in the clubhouse. They're great players. They're they're the homies, you know, and I was fortunate. The little Astros team that I came up with, like on my initial team and we went and the minor leagues, we were like either in the championship or or won the championship. Like we either lost it every way, all the way up. Well, then they started trading them away. Like Ben Zobrist was with me. Right. So it was like me, Ben Zobrist. Uh, there was there was a couple other like big leaders. One uh, Juan Gutierrez, who was 98 from the right side, that was on my 2014 World Series team. Um, but we were just this group that came up and like they would put us. You know, in the first half you make the playoffs, the second half you make the playoffs. Like they're like different. They're, they're yeah. separated. We would make the playoffs in the first half for one org, and then go up and make the playoffs in the second half for the other org. Like that group. Uh, so if I, I 
I, right off the top of my head is a young second baseman who played in the College World Series for Stanford, hit like a huge home run, maybe a walk-off home run that he said he dreamed of. I don't know if you ever heard of Johnny Ash. No. Okay, okay. So Johnny Ash was like – follow Stanford baseball. Yeah, he hit a walk-off in and like the against like the the closer that was in the big leagues for forever, Correa with the Nationals. Um, I think that's his name. It's a lot of people over the years, but this guy had a long big league career and he was insane in the college. And then Johnny Ash was the guy who hit that home run and was a part of our little group. Uh, but apparently he got like a knee injury after you know we got separated. I would say Johnny Ash was one of those dudes that just like he would hit a laser up the middle. He would clutch up, dude. Like he was like he was just a ball player grinder, and uh, yeah, never got the shot. It just happens, though. Do you look back upon it? Uh, what round did you get drafted in? I was second. So you had a paved path, but it wasn't. You weren't on the super highway, right? You're not at. You got to be a top five pick to get on that you know that that ex, that express train to the show you're a second rounder you're kind of like everybody else man like it doesn't matter i think you as soon as you get into the system they don't really give a fuck unless it's you know multiples and multiples of millions of dollars that they want to try to get their investment out of yeah i was it was uh and i like this about the astros at that time and whoever was running that minor league system man they were awesome but their whole thing, there was no sugarcoating. There was no babying. They honestly didn't do much coaching, uh, well, in a good way, where they were like, we're going to let you fail before we start tinkering. We want to, like, let your natural ability. They were just like – I thought they were really ahead of their time. And and I'm – because I was wanting at the time. There was no – honestly, I don't, I don't think there was MLB Network. There was no, like, information, no Instagram. This dates us, obviously, Burnsy. I know there was none of that when, you know, you were started that. Um so I wanted all this info. I was like, oh, there's all the secrets are there. And then they're like, we're saying nothing. And uh, so anyway, just like the, the the program was amazing. The coaching was amazing. I actually forgot what we were even talking about. But it, it was it was just a, a special organization. And and coming up through the Astros was was pretty awesome. I think I did want to bring up one other player, though, because I lost my train of thought there. Please. I apologize. What was the initial question? The initial question was the best player that yeah. – you played with or against that never played in the big leagues. Yeah. So obviously I said Johnny Ash, but there here's another one. This kid hit like 16 homers in, in a short season, a ball and Ooh. Mario Garza. And they were like standing. Oh, like curtain calls. Like he was like our dude and, you know, just gets lost in the sauce. Like the next year is not even starting. And you're like, what? Like this dude is, was a dude. Uh, but he was a bit older for the league and 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 what whatever. But oh yeah, yeah, it was about not being silver spoon. Yeah, the Astros just like they taught us to win, and like a lot of the minor league systems now is like, oh, we just want to develop. We want them to only have a certain amount of innings. We want them to, you know, work on a pitch, like only throw change up. The Astros in the minors at that point was like winners in the minors win in the big leagues find a way to win. And they had all these competitive things that we would do where you had to like really think on your feet and be dynamic and be fluid. And like, we loved it. We would be competing for who served each other lunch. And like, you know, like that, that meant something to us. It was fun. I mean, as it should, dude, I I think the competition within the minor leagues is it's, it's pretty brutal, but I also believe, and this is why winning is so important at that level it's because it's so individualistic and everybody's so focused on their own numbers and advancing themselves that the team element often gets lost. It's I, I don't think ironic at all that when I came up through the age system, we basically were winning championships every fucking year. And then we were going to the playoffs every year in the big leagues. And then all of those guys just came up. I mean, whether it was, you know, Ben Grieve to Chavi and even, you know, Tejada before that, it was just one guy after another, after another that kept filling. You know, Giambi was kind of the, the first of the new wave of those guys that came in and set the tone for the entire organization. Yeah. And, and, and like the, the A's, you know, kind of had to do that because they weren't big spending in free agency and, and they brought up these dudes that got after it. And that was kind of the, the MO and it, and it played out and our team, it was super cool because like you said, there's a lot of people like, Oh, it's my career and I'm trying to make this business. But like 
we we came up with it. We were really close, the little group that I came up with, and it, it's super cool. We were like, look, we're going to beat the hell out of whoever we play, and we're going to get traded. We're going to find our or, – or, like, they'll make room for winners in the big leagues. Like, the, the people that you are beating are the ones that are going to get sent home. And so it was a cool little buy-in of team team play, and, like, that's why that group, I think, had, you know, uh, a Ben Zobris who won two World Series MVPs. Like, uh, we had several guys who had – big league careers, not for like long term, but, but like a lot of us made it. And it was, it was really cool. Real quick, Connor, to make sure Will gets his paycheck. Uh, the only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at bet online with NFL bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays. Bet online isn't taking a second off. They want to make sure we have all the up-to-date second odds, news and info bet online has these sports wagering info available you need with both desktop mobile access head there today to get into the action remember to use the promo code believe capital b l e a v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the degenerates go to spend their money that wasn't in the script but the other one was all the other shit was there hey it's a good time. People make a uh, living right. doing that. Hey, let's go Get back up. to the ABCA because I saw you out there and I I saw you and Darren Sutton up on stage one day. I, I got to be honest, dude. I, I just fucking was, there's so much going on that I, I kind of looked up there and I wanted to wave. I, I love Sutton. I haven't seen him in a long time and I wanted to stick around and listen, let you guys regale me about life. But I just kept walking because I was hungry and needed a Starbucks. So it's fair. It's fair. I, I didn't a lot st- going on. I didn't stick around, but tell me the premise of what you guys talked about and what your role was out there. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing uh, a college radio show every week on PGTV, uh, and so basically they came and we just we we gathered a lot of really great college coaches. We had uh, you know Schlossnagel of A and M, who's the head of the ABCA. We had. You know, John Savage at UCLA talking pitching, just uh, talking to uh, one of the craziest ones was Fitzgerald, who, by the way, has one of my teammates' kids on his team out in Florida, Brett Myers. His son, Colt Myers, is really, yep. really nice. They've won three straight state championships. And so uh, getting to talk to him uh, was, was – it gave me chills, actually. Uh, and, and I learned so much. Like, there's a lot of – a lot of like, Savage talking pitching is insane – um, he was mentioning how Bannister, who was with the Giants, who I think is a pitching genius. Like, I know this. It's some of the coolest pitchers. Brian Bannister? Yeah, Bannister's now with yep. the White Sox. I'm pissed about that because he's my guy. Loved him. Uh, I can't believe we lost him. But uh, but anyway, Savage is one of the great – you know, he had he had some of the greatest pitchers coming through UCLA. This guy, he's he's really, really cerebral about it. It's, it's really fun to talk pitching with him. So – we're just interviewing great minds of baseball, trying to learn, trying to grow, trying to have a good time. But Fitzgerald over in uh, in Florida, man, uh, there's a reason he's won three straight state championships. And also, like, their school, he said his whole world got shifted. Um, his kids on the team, but they got, you know, they had a, a gun attack, you know, at their school. And he said it, like, completely what? changed my life. Like, every kid comes and shakes my hand, and we say, how was your day? We talk to each other before every single practice. Uh, he makes them go through every single drill of defense. It's the same every single day. We talked about consistency. Like they do, they do cutoffs and relays, first and third, situational, but they do it every single day, hour and a half, just straight defensive, put it in the books. Like we know what's coming. But anyway, long story short, it, go check that out if you get a chance. It gave me chills how it changed his perspective, how, you know, the person, the, the, the connection, the personal connection is so much more to him in baseball, the life skills. And uh, he's doing great things. So you're talking about Fitzgerald at Florida. Yeah. Correct? Not, not, like it's a high school. I don't remember the name of the high school exactly. And then, we- and then Brett Myers, his kid who also played for team USA was, is, is, is playing. Is, is on that team. Yeah. They've he's won three prospect, state. Right. Yeah. He's going to be a senior this year. He's a huge prospect. Uh, he's already committed to Florida, who's like I think ranked number four from. Uh, I'm not, you know, you saw what Florida did last year, so uh, it's an incredible college program they got there. So he's committed to Florida. If he doesn't go to the draft, which he probably will, we'll see. Did you ask 
John Savage about the relationship between Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer. I know I don't try to bring up all, all of that, but I'm pretty sure they didn't get along too well. They're both really great pitchers, uh, but different personalities to say the least. If you're a big league team, Hunter, you're a special advisor, right, for the Giants. I would the Giants consider signing Trevor Bauer? And why Listen. wouldn't they, right? Like, I mean, he basically he's been exonerated from just about everything. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's just a lot. Like, not I don't know. I'm a big fan of forgiveness, you know, but this is a some oh, I, I need more info. I don't have enough info to make that decision, uh, you know, off the top of my head. Um, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna stay away just in PR standpoint, but I don't I don't have enough info. And I do think he is exonerated. I'm a fan of forgiveness. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but I don't know, like there, there's just a lot there to unpack. There is, and it, it was tough because, uh, you know, as this whole thing was going down, man, we were actually talking with Trevor about joining No Filter. And he was going to potentially come on and, and do his post-game interviews, or I don't even call it an interview, whatever you want, but let fans ask questions and, you know, as we are live and interactive. So, by the way, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, thank you for joining us. If you feel like getting the five-star review, we are very uh, grateful for that. Leave any sort of comments. If there's something you'd like to see different in the show, we are uh, here for you. As far as the chat is concerned, it's firing. You got Gene. You got Linda. I mean, I love the female representation coming out today. You got Pete. You know, this is one of the things that you and I talked about, bro, uh, before we came on here, is the diversity in the game of baseball, right? There's, I, when it comes to even, I don't know, whether it's in the media world, it's just the game in general, uh, it's been proven that there's not nearly as many black players playing t today as there was way back when, especially when we're talking about the 80s, is not, uh, it's a, a lot of people are going to argue and say baseball is, is, is a dying sport, and, and it's definitely a sport that seems some regression. I think it was a 30% decline over the past few years. How do we get this thing back, man? I mean, I don't know all the stats, but I do not think that it is dying. Like, if you looked at, like, even the ABCA, um, and, 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 and they're making moves. They're doing a lot. I, do I have the answer for the diversity factor or why that's happening? I think that's very deep, but I do know that, you know, we're making strides, but – I think the popularity is actually going up. And I think the new rule changes, which we were all like skeptical of, I think it was, it was actually pretty massive. I think the WBC was one of the coolest things we've ever seen. We just saw a $700 million contract go to Shohei Otani. Um, man, I, I'm not buying that baseball is dying at all. And I, I watched the, the youth. It is like, I feel like it's thriving and growing. And I think that they're making good moves and uh, there's still a long way to go and a lot of work to do, especially the diversity aspect. Um, but hope I think they're aware, and and I think they're 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 moving in a direction that hopefully uh, you know brings balance. It's tough to find balance in general in life anywhere, uh, but we we have to make steps to make it happen. Are we too close to it? Because I feel the same way. You know, it's like they're, they're dropping these numbers on me at the ABCA, and they're talking about growing essentially the youth program, right? And that's where a lot of the numbers are coming from: the youth participation in the sport of baseball. And you got to get the youth. I mean, it, the youth is setting up the next generation. We need to keep them interested. So they have a lot of different ideas. And, and one of them was I had a guy on who was actually from my hometown, uh, just, you know, Portola Valley, Menlo Park, Palo Alto area. And he created this thing called Speedball, where instead of having two teams, you have three teams of four. And you go out there, so you have eight guys on the field, you have four hitting. And then the way they do it with the younger kids is you have uh, a coach pitch and they're playing for runs. And it's just, you know, the exact same way you would, right? You got four guys. Everyone could always either be on base or up to bat. And he was saying that they're getting, instead of getting, you know, the averages, they said two at bats a game, like 2.3 at bats a game for the average little leaguer. But they're saying that you're you're averaging 
like nine at bats a game in this speedball game. And so my question to you is at what point do you think we'll see these different styles? Because obviously the bananas and you experienced it firsthand and I'm glad you did. They are changing the game a bit, but how much will that penetrate or infiltrate major league baseball? Because like you said, they're not handing out fucking $700 million deals because they're not successful right now. Well, you know, I don't know. The bananas are are going to be, I think that's going to be a whole new league. And I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a different league that we don't know where the contracts are going to go, but I think it's on, on a really good path. It's also going to be good for our sport. I love speed baseball. We're going to need to get a lot of arms, a lot of pitchers, but let's jump, let's jump back to Savannah bananas. Like they're adding a third team. There's now the firemen. You know, uh, they're going to be performing at Minibay Park for their opening day. They're in big league stadiums. These are these these tickets are sold out. And it's a it's a little bit of a different fan and a different athlete because you can't just be a baseball player. You got to there's some like gymnastics some some Broadway show uh, dancing. It's like it's like to me, Savannah Bananas is like if if Broadway met baseball, you know, because it is a show and and and. People like love watching. It's a fun place to bring your kids. You're going to have a good time. They're going to entertain you. You are a part of the act as well. And man, uh, I think if they do grow and expand to, you know, more teams and get into the, the if they're selling tickets and there's a show and you, and you find more people. So then the kid that's not just the best player and competitor, um, there's a different world for you in baseball. I think more jobs in baseball is great. They sold out Minute Maid Park in four minutes. That tells me that we don't know how far the players in banana ball can go. Four it's minutes. Be a league. It's a league. It's, I, look, I, obviously, I'm close to it. I managed the whole first world tour team. It's the next step is more teams, which they're doing with the firefighters, but a competitive league. They have some things they're going to need to figure out, one of those being that, when a dude does a trick play, it needs to be incentivized. So whether that counts as two outs or whatever it is, but you know, if you're the center fielder, you got a fly ball right to you. What's the incentive of pulling off the backy and, you know, landing it. You or think it needs to add to the competition of the game. It's got to, it's got yeah. to, but, but we all love competition and we all love winners and losers. That's why major league baseball is so successful. It's why I love pickleball. And, even as you get older and you think you're probably getting a little less competitive, you know, I'm downstairs going at it every single night with biscuit on the ping pong table, like dad, like sweating it out. Like I, I, it's fun. Exactly. Right? I mean, if I'm playing a board game, I'm playing to win. Like sometimes my, my wife, she's like, I'm not playing with you anymore. <laughs> so I got to like, work on being a better sport. Uh, we try to find co-op games, but no, I, I, I get it. Uh, even the banana ball, banana ball players are being competitive. People are like, Oh, it's the Harlem Globetrotters, but it's not. Because it is a real competition, and these players do care about winning and losing. They get mad if they lose. Like, they're actually competing, and they keep track of the records, you know? What was the number one thing that you learned? Maybe something that you didn't expect when you went and spent that time with the Bananas. That was one of them, was how how much they cared about winning and losing, while also caring about being entertaining uh, you know, they, they, you felt like a similar pressure to like minor league baseball, uh, amongst the players. I think also just how much energy they pour into the fans. Like the lights went out when I was there, Bernsey, and these guys danced for two hours to entertain the crowd. There's no way you can go home and be like, obviously the game didn't go on. They didn't finish it, but you got even more out of them and they put heart and soul into that, man. It was, it was incredible. I think, I think it was the players, the people and the connection to the fans. All right. So what about you, Bernsey, what 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 has like shocked you the most about it or impressed you the most? You know what, dude? At this point, first of all, like I, I think okay, yeah, you, you want to get fucking real? You want to know yeah. what sh absolutely shocks me the most? Yeah. Is how discombobulated <laughs> and how much of an absolute shit show that the whole thing is. And yet it still works. And that's where I think I would walk away after each game thinking to myself, 
wow, this is something special. And it works because it's still baseball. It's the sideshow here and the sideshow here and the sideshow here. And whether it's stilts pitching or you got, you know, DR Meadows, you know, doing his thing, uh, doing the flips in the outfield or the guy coming up and on the pogo stick or the trampoline, just you have all these wacky and crazy sort of things. But at the end of the day, it's actually still baseball. And they had it drilled with the two-hour time limit and the running clock and, and the fast pace. The one thing, and I don't know if you noticed this, but they just nail better than just about anywhere I, I've ever been or any show that I've ever seen is the DJ. It, it just the mm. music from start to finish. Stuff. There's no dead air, bro. It, yeah. It's like it is like full adrenaline. Like my adrenal glands after that game were shot because it is full on, dude. You and 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 like the discombobulated makes a little sense because when you're going through rehearsal and you're you thinking all this is organized because they do a good job of like presenting it, you know, at the game and but like that's the beauty of spontaneity. That's if something is always scripted. It's not that cool, to be honest with you. And it's definitely not scripted because it's baseball, like you said. But even like a lot of the dances and things, you're trying to figure it out on the fly, you know? And that is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Okay, from a San Francisco Giants perspective, this past week the Giants acquired former Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray for – Mitch Hanniger, who they just got from the Mariners. They send Hanniger and DeSclafani to Seattle. They get Ray from the M's. What's your take on the deal? I like it. I like it. Obviously, with it, with regards to every trade, you get something. To get something good, you got to give something good. And I don't think we saw the best Mitch Hanniger. No. You know, when you deal with a when you deal with an oblique. Uh, right out of the gates in spring, it's it's a big uphill battle because you got to do nothing, and then you got to jump back into the season and like you are not you do all this prep work to get ready to get your body to be an absolute machine. And I think Mitch Haniger is a special player. I think he's a great leader. I think he made some crazy defensive plays when he was healthy and out there. We didn't get his bat going, what he's capable of, and I think that's why the Mariners wanted back. But Robbie Ray, the reason I like this deal for us is this is a Cy Young caliber. This is a gladiator that when he stands on the mound, dude, when you face Robbie Ray, I faced him a lot. This dude is screaming every pitch, dude. And you can just tell, like, he is, like, he is full gladiator, just muscle screaming, coming at you. And I just, like, I love facing him. And he's, like, lefty. I'm a righty. Like, I love facing a lefty. And he's not afraid to just chuck a fastball at you as hard as he can down the middle. But he's also not afraid to walk you with the slider in the dirt that you think is that fastball. So, uh, you know, he has that He has that slider. He has Cy Young caliber stuff. Uh, I think one of the things that I, I believe is you never want to just be middle of the pack. Like, you know, playing it safe keeps you in the middle of the pack. And going for talents like – I think of like Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp was either MVP or like, where did he, what happened to him? But like yeah. when you get that MVP, and I'm not saying Robbie Ray is that, but like I want someone with that ceiling because it takes big risks to do something great. And we will never forget when the Giants do great things and it takes risk-taking, it takes guts, and you feel that from Robbie Ray. So I am going to miss Mitch Hanniger. I am. I do think Discal Fani, you know, I, I – he had a tough time last year, he was, but I, I like him as a person. I thought he was, you know, very talented. But, like, Robbie Ray has got that ceiling that's very, very high. And that, to me, and you feel his presence. Like, you feel the gladiator from him. I think we're going to – I don't know the terms of his deal and his contract, but add him to Cobb and Webb, and we didn't get us one more. You know, there's a couple out there at, at the starting rotation, and now that massive, amazing bullpen we have – we get to we get to start piecing it together. Come and see us. So one of the guys still out there is another Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell. The Giants obviously try to sign Yamamoto. They try to sign Otani. Uh, strike one, strike two. I gotta figure they're knee deep in on the Snell conversation. Yeah, who knows, like, all the stuff that you're reading. And, and like, who else is all out there? There's, there's Sonny Gray. I'm hearing a lot about – there's another – is there another Japanese pitcher, a lefty, or – He just signed with the Cubs today, I believe. 
Okay. You got to think, it's kind of interesting that the Cubs haven't done that much with them getting counsel as well. And, I mean, for me, obviously. Cubs haven't like, shit, you're right. They haven't. They, it was getting counsel. And, you know, this is a team that they were on the cusp. They were right there. And, the, uh, and they're playing in a shitty division, too. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'd, go, I'd be more happy to go all in if I were the Cubs and if I were the Giants. I mean, uh, the Giants, it, it's time. Like, we're – we the Giants look at themselves as like the class of the league, right? Like and, and getting outshined by the Dodgers. The Dodgers just spent a billion dollars. Like, I am very hurt by this one, Bernsey. I mean, I know they got the pitchers, they got these dudes, and, and they paid the money, but Teoscar Hernandez, this is one of my favorite teammates I've ever played with. Um, I don't think he is quiet and deadly. And I mean, I played with him in winter ball before he blew up and he was doing really good. I think he had 30 homers and came out to winter ball. Uh, and this was like a quiet 30 homers before he made all-star teams. This dude works his absolute ass off. I'm like in the cage. Like when he shows up, the respect he gets in the Dominican, like, like it's like the breath is taken and like, he's not some, I mean, he's, he's big, but he carries himself with his stature. You don't see like, you know, and and, and I'm all for let the kids play and, and, and what, but like you see a dude that's that clocks in, comes to win the game, plays with heart, and and I mean he just got that it man, and uh, it's it's sneaky. It's like it's not a lot like Tyro Estrada actually, dude. Like dude's like playing at all star caliber and, and just like low key keeps it yo, gets to work. Okay, dude, but I mean, how do like, you stop? No, this? I like this. I like how this do topic. we stop this? Like, like this is the Dodgers. I hate to say it. They're fucking doing it better than everybody else. And they have momentum on their side, but they leave no stone unturned. They figure out who the dogs are, and they know who's taking extra BP in the Dominican. That's what's great about them. Yeah, that, that, that Teoscar Hernandez, I, I was, I, I'm actually mad at myself for not. I, I thought about, you know, at least texting Farhan, because then I could be a little bit more upset. But I didn't even text him. I thought about it. I was like, man, I really want Teoscar. No one's talking about him. Um, but okay, it's guts, it's heart. Like Bob Melvin knows these guys. He had Sonny Gray, right? He had Sonny Gray's available, right? I like Sonny Gray a lot. He pitched his, you know, he he pitched insane this year. I like Blake Snell a lot too because for me, this is where I like because I told last year I was big on Bellinger, and and the reason being is with the Dodgers, this dude. Pushing the ground too much, man. In the big moments, he could be hitting a buck ninety-five or two hundred, and and yeah, he'd hit a bunch of homers. But like, he could be lost, and you could tell he was like, when, when the game mattered. Do you remember Game Five when we lost to the Giants, or when the, we lost to the Dodgers? I never want to. I, I don't ever want to remember this because this one hurt me bad. Bellinger with the ribby. Yeah. This dude just finds a way to win. He makes the catches in the outfield. I mean. Like, nasty defense. So, like, Belly Snell, dude, when he was up pitching against the Dodgers for the Rays, when they took him out is when they lost. This dude stepped up, carried the team in a big moment, and people are saying, oh, he's afraid of the big stage. Dude, this dude is a psycho competitor. Like, I, 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 you, you see it. Like, you don't have – I know he hasn't gone deep into games yet, but I don't care. Like, our Giants bullpen is not – we don't – it's not like they're dying to send people for, you know, to the ninth inning these days, but I think he'll get there and he has the change up. He has the off speed. He has the fastball. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's tough for me, but like, what's your thoughts on that? Them saying that like the Yankees and the Mets are backing down from Snell because they're afraid he can't handle the big stage. This dude's pitched in the world series. He pitched in San Diego. Like, and even when he didn't have a good year in the playoffs, you didn't want to see Snell. I did on top of that, San Diego is selling out every fucking game. They're getting more fans than the Yankees or the Mets. I don't have those stats in front of me, but uh, San Diego has been doing a terrific job. Snell is not scared of the big stage. No, dude, this dude is here to win, man. Yeah, like that's that's ridiculous. It's I think New York's got their feelings hurt right now because they're realizing that it's not the end-all, be-all places to play. I love this city. Look. New York, and I grew up in San Francisco. New York's the greatest city in the world. It really is. It between just everything about it, and it could be the beauty of 
uh, you know, the skyline and the Hudson and uh, just, just everything about the history of that city. I, I, I fucking love it. I mean, I, I'm a Hamilton aficionado. I went, I went eight times. Uh, and, okay. and seven, I did not seven know that about you. Seven of those eight were by myself, bro. You like it that much? I've never been. It's good. I mean, obviously, it's one of so many awards. What a question! I was a, I was a history buff, and I I, say I was a history major too. But it, it was more about I don't give a shit about school or whatever else. It was just the books and everything, and 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 I you know I delved into Hamilton and I knew his story and just the way it was portrayed. It it, it tugged at my heart and it it took me to a place emotionally that I just don't think. You know, there's much in life that, that that has ever done that to me. And so I wanted more of it. And every time I went back, it was a little different. And I would capture uh, something different within it. And so it's kind of like reading the same book seven, eight times, which yeah. I have. I've, yeah. I've, I've done that a lot. I, I, I have As a Man Thinketh right here, if you haven't read this. but Oh, yes. I probably read this book from James Allen. Who wrote Allen. that book? I do think I've read that one. That one's James, great. James Allen, 19, 1901, As a Man Thinketh. It's, yes, it's I'm big on that. It's, it's so good, dude. So, I, you know, look, when, New York is New York. I lived in New York for 10 years. I owned a place in New York, right? I paid New York taxes. Like, I was all in. On the city, and I'm still all in on the city. I would have loved to play for the Yankees or the Mets. I actually check this out. This is really cool. This was my crib in New York. Oh my god. Okay, that is cool, man. Yeah. So this is the room was up here. This is just like literally a 20 foot ceilings, two story loft. So, so some of the cooler years of my life were spent in that city, but not everybody loves it. They just don't. Yeah. yeah. But do you think that's that Snell's decision comes down to the city or is it coming down to the contract? And like, like Bellinger, Snell, Kershaw's still out there. Yeah. I think Kershaw, if I were him, you just kind of, yeah, you see, and you get yourself a thousand percent healthy and, Make sure where, yeah, you got to imagine your Kershaw. There's two places for Kershaw to go. It's simple. It's the Dodgers. It's the fucking Rangers. Yeah. Am I right? I mean, I never know. You never know. But yeah, I I mean, I would love, you know, it would be fun to sneak him out from under the rug, though. Uh, But like, listen, for me, I think Logan Webb and Alex Cobb already, we got one, two that can go with anybody. We got to add another huge arm. And I mean, I, I think. You know, Wilmer Flores, Tyro Estrada, I think we got some grinders. Uh, Bob Melvin at the helm is going to be exciting to see what, what goes on there. I love having Pat Burrell there. This dude is electric. Uh, like, this, this, but Bob Melvin, this is my thoughts to you. I want to ask you because I don't know him that well. I've had like two interviews with him, uh, and it's been super low key. You played for him. He's had Chapman as well. What do you think of Matt Chapman? Everywhere Matt Chapman's gone has been going to the playoffs. All right, so Matt Chapman is a real interesting dude because he's right up there. Now, they, they're considering – they're all four Scott Boris clients, too. So you have Blake Snell, you have Cody Bellinger, you have Matt Chapman, and then you have Jordan Montgomery. They're considered mm. the top four free agents left. And obviously, Boris is going to be looking to get them all crazy deals. Chapman is one – that if I'm the Texas Rangers, that's a guy that I'm looking into. And the reason being is that that lineup fucking bangs. I don't have to worry about Matt Chapman being a middle-of-the-order force. He could hit seven. He can hit eight. He can clock in a 750 OPS from there, and we're going to be stoked. And he obviously plays a platinum, not gold, platinum glove third base. The best third baseman, arguably, in the game of baseball. One of the best we've ever seen. Chapman on the Giants, though, Hunter. I think we need more firepower, bro. Right? Like, I, mean, I mean, hold up. 
the Rangers have Jung, dude. Like, this I, I is get like it. a rookie stud first rounder, like rookie of the year candidate. Like we, I mean, we have JD Davis, and he, he he's definitely serviceable, or you know, and like JD can also play first. Um, but Chapman, like you said, adding a platinum glove, uh, I think he's a gritty grinder. He's a leader. Uh, you know, maybe it is Bellinger's uh, as as the other one you want, but I, I think Chapman fits more with us than he would with the Rangers, particularly. Yeah. Well, okay. I I just say that in the sense, and again, I'm going. I'm using the analogy because of the lineup, right? Because yeah. you have one lineup that bangs, you have another that's relatively offensively challenged. But the other thing about the Giants last year, as you remember, they were dog shit defensively. Yes, that's why Chapman so, makes more sense. That, yeah, and, and now now I'm going to sway back towards what you're saying and. I look, I I don't have a fucking big enough ego in this to sit here and argue something when. Oh, I'm not trying to argue. I I'm, I'm, I hope this is just yeah. I love the discussion. No, 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 no. I I I'm a thousand percent with you. And I had this conversation. Whoever, whoever I, I had, it was when we were at the convention. I was having this conversation with somebody about the Giants, and that was it because I was going over the four, you know, the four remaining free agents, and I had to rank them for the Giants. And I actually think we ended up. I saw your ranking. I saw your ranking already. Yeah, and I went I went Jordan Montgomery four, I went Chapman three, I went Bellinger two, and then I went Snell one because he was he's an ace. All right, so let's play this game. It's kind of fun. Maybe we could split screen them. Give me of those four your ranking. Four, three, two, one, go. Oh man, it's impossible. It's impossible. Uh you know what though? Like I like all of them. I like all of them, but like, I think I'm going to start at one actually for you because okay. I think, I think one has to be Snell. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a no brand. I think Montgomery is too. Oh, really? Bro. He just showed up to the, to the playoffs and just said, forget about the Orioles who were supposed to just run through the American league. Like, like who Astros, dude, Beating the Astros in this era is real. They are good. They are elite. They are smart. Your Don Alvarez, he comes to clip you out of the stadium, bro. These guys, Altuve, this dude has hit more home runs than anyone in the postseason. Like, they are smart. They are weathered. Montgomery has shown me something. And also, I love that he was told by the Yankees, Listen, you're not going to make pitching in the playoffs for us. Do you know what that does to a competitor? Oh, Yankees, I'm not going to come and pitch in the playoffs for you? And then you saw the demon yeah. within from that comment. It, it gets you. So I, I'm, give me give me that. Give me that dude that wants the – because there's a difference, and people will say it's the same game. There's a difference to the emotion, to the level, to the competition, to the mental, to the pressure. The emotion changes everything. This is the best in the world playing for it all. And this dude showed me he's got it. Snell showed me he's got it. I mean, Bellinger has showed us he's got it. So Belly's number three. And I think it's sad to say because Matt Chapman is a dude that plays freaking platinum glove defense at third base and becomes a leader. These are all four going to make $100 million plus. So it's like we're ranking the fucking dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And I, you obviously, you really, really value pitching. I mean, this is uh, a no-brainer. But if you're going to put Montgomery up there, do you have recency bias, though, like I did with Michael Penix Jr., the University of Washington quarterback, who I thought, you know, after the performance that I watched against Texas, I'm like, this dude needs to be the number one pick overall. And then you watched him last night, and you're like, huh, I wonder if he's going to get drafted. Right? Uh, you, you know what I said? Like, it's just, is it really? I could definitely get too caught up in this shit. It has been, uh, I've been wrong a lot, you know? So I, I it, it's definitely possible that I am wrong and I am happy to be wrong, you know? And I, I like I said, I, I like all four of them. I want to also die, like, we're like Sonny Gray, man. Like, so, okay, Sonny Gray, the only knock on him. Oh, shit, almost knocked out my daily hospital. Send me your Addy, by the way. I'll get you one of these. All right. All right. Appreciate that. Don't knock, over, don't knock over the mug. 
Are you a firm mug guy? Like, do you like a big mug? Or do you no, like... I don't want too big because I don't want to mess with the temperature. I need, like, kind of smaller. I got you. I have, a, I have a smaller version that actually is a better design. I go big, and I reheat all the time, man. Okay. So I go coffee, coffee, butter, heavy whipping cream. And then oh. I'm constantly reheating this through the course of the morning. Then when I go to my workout, I put it in here. The Yeti. So yeah, so it, it keeps it hot. Stay caffeinated. Yeah, where were we? I, my ADD kicked in. Uh, sunny gray, sunny gray, the mouth okay. on sunny gray. So here, here we go. This is a fun one. MLB.com came out, and we'll 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 finish we'll finish with this. I, I don't want to take too much of your time here. Six free agents who are better than you think. I really enjoy this uh, article, and it ranked some guys and talked about some dudes that could really, really help. And here they are. I'm going to give you the names. Talk about one or two. Uh, and let's just start right here. This guy, it's always just like a slow review. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, George Springer, Alejandro Kirk, big names. All-stars, linchpins of a Toronto offense that was constructed to carry the team through the ALE's gauntlet for years to come. But in 2023, none of those players had the highest OPS on the Blue Jays because who was it? Hunter Pence. I have no idea. Brandon fucking Belt. Belt. <laughs> he had the highest OPS. How many games did he play, though? How much was he hurt? Great, great. Call. I was thinking belt. I was thinking belt actually, but I was like, no way. That's the next thing they talked about. He played, I believe, in a hundred and three games, and he was forty-five points higher than the next closest Jay, who was Bichette. He had an eight fifty-nine OPS by way of his huge on-base percentage. We know, we know, he likes to take a lot of pitches, Hunter. And and Farhan loves that. There's talks of him coming back by, back to the Giants. I'm, I'm wondering what Will the Thrill would think of that. He was a, He's always been harsh on Belt, man. I, I feel like he's too hard on Belt. I love Belt. I thought Belt's great, man. I like, unbelievable eyes. Got that freaking buggy whip swing. I think Belt's good it, it, so long as he stays healthy. If you use him in almost a platoon-type role and you, you match him up in the, you know, the right guys in the right way. And I mean, he, he has pedigree. He knows the division really well. I I'd take him back in a heartbeat. Now. I don't know. I don't know if thrill would agree with me. <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see what, what he doesn't like about belt, but he's just a different guy. Like he, he's super funny. He's fun to be around the clubhouse. He's just kind of, he's not that dude. Like he's not that ultimate caffeinated guy. He might be drinking a lot of Red Bulls, but it's kind of like Eeyore. He's kind of just like, you know, uh, you know, he's the captain. He's he's super sarcastic, but he just has a chill vibe, and he just, dude, he gets it done. The dude can hit any pitcher. He's never overmatched. He's clutched up for us so many times in the big leagues, dude. I love Brandon Belt. Uh, I think he's he's super sneaky. The thing is, is just like if he ever stayed healthy for a full year, we're talking like crazy. But he just gets hit in the head because he doesn't move out of the way. Um, you know, it's it's just a different vibe, and and the guy can play though, man. I have two rings because of him, so I I I have nothing but the like most love. And and I will say this: as high strung as I am, and like as high energy as I am, I really enjoyed how chill and calm his vibe was. It like helped. It actually helps you a little bit to have. You can't have everyone up here. Yes, yes, yes. And then you have belt like, you know, just like trying to wake up. It helps. Well, I don't. I don't want 25. Like, you need all of them. I, yeah. I like even, I could tell you that putting together these youth baseball teams and, you know, dude, we've had 22 players play for our let them play team so far. And like, we're just, that's just through the fall season. We only carry 11 per tournament. And it's the beauty of having a national travel team where, you know, depending on where we're going and what tournament we're playing in or whatever else. That's how we put the rods together. Now we have a core of about eight guys, and then the last three spots are are pretty rotating. And there's a kid, and I'm going to give you an example. He's from Arizona, and he's got a really, like, chill, I don't want to call it low energy, but 
takes the ball in big situations, lefty, 70, fluid, left side, smooth, approach at the plate, just very Brandon Beltish, never swings at a ball. It just He gets a good pitch to hit. He runs into it, and he plays a good first base, and you put him out in the outfield, and he plays a good outfield, but he's not going to wow you. And so we've had conversation after conversation after conversation about this kid. Like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And you know what it went back to? Finally, like the last time, I'm like, look, whatever knocks that would be, and it would be because he's not this gregarious personality or outgoing eye, whatever else. I'm like, I actually no longer look at it like that. And not, not even that I did in the first place. I'm like, we need that kid to chill out our other kids, to bring this calming presence. And he... Apparently, like he'll talk a little shit too, just the, kind of the dry humor, weird yeah. type stuff. Yeah. You need that, like that's how Buster is, isn't he? Buster, Buster has got a lot of fire. I mean, he, he may outwardly be chill, but this dude is a is, yeah. I don't mean chill. I just put the wittiness and stuff. And oh, jokes. crazy witty, extremely smart, wise. Yeah, definitely a lot of wise cracks. He will bust your balls in a heartbeat. He'll get on you, cutthroat. Uh, they're different humors. They're dry. Brandon Bell and Brandon Crawford are both ultra sarcastic, ultra dry humors. But what, what you're what you're also reminding me of is a lot of times less is more. And 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 these people that are that chill, you almost think they're not trying. Like sometimes people get mad at some of the greatest athletes because like a relaxed muscle is actually faster. I used to have this teammate who was like the fastest guy on our team. He played very small stint in the big leagues, Josh Anderson. And everyone thought he wasn't trying to run hard. Remember Usain Bolt broke the world record and they were like, he wasn't even trying. But that yeah. loose, that looseness is actually faster. And so some of them just kind of figure that out and ride that wave where I was like trying to get everything out. I probably got in my way. So in here in the chat, and I, I it, it says Jalen Johnston says, and I love this. I've never, I've never seen this before. This might be a daily hustle uh subject. He says the calm fitness, C-A-L-M, calm fitness. And that's Jalen, so right. Jalen is my boy. That's my buddy, dude. He is witty as hell. He's, he was a rock star. Uh, the dude that, that that's that, – wait, wait, hold on a second. Your, boy, your boy's a rock star. Yeah, he was. Oh gosh, I I should know the name of his band. They had the, they were like they had this one huge hit. He toured when he was back in the day. Uh, Jalen's a homie though. He he was he's a lead singer of a rock band. With, had one massive hit, uh, and he's like the wittiest dude. He he's got the confidence, dude. He always comes in with it. Where's the chat at? I can't even see it. Yeah, I, I guess it I hit, think... hit setting. I don't know if it's on settings or what. I always have this thing fired up, but. That, dude, that's brilliant. Jalen, that's brilliant. The calm fitness. And it's so true because my kid even, I, I'm real proud of him. Like, we had a, a little bit of a rough day on the pickleball court. We, we, it, was a, it was a matchup that we could very easily handle. And it was with, with two very similar players. And then we blew a 10-6 lead. We, we lost the game. Then we were down in the second one, like, I don't know, call it like 9-2. And then it was 9-3, and then it was 9-4. And they were jabbing, and we were jabbing, and we're going back and forth. And my my kid turns to me, and he goes, silent assassins. I go, yes, sir, silent assassins. So we just, we put that game face on, man. We took the fucker to like 12-10 and lost it. But I, I it's... Those who talk all the time, the chit jibber jabber, like I can't hear what you're saying. I'm too busy watching what you're doing, right? Like, like that's the that's the problem with, you know, the 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 chattering and everything else. There's uh, a lot of that out there, though, and you're, it never stops. You're always going to be dealing with it. You know that. Like you played in the big leagues. Like, did you see Jay Lynn? He said I, the band was called Mad, Mad Gravity. Gravity. Have you heard of them? What was the name of that? What was your one big hit, Jalen? You know, I know you heard this song. You're gonna have to check it out when you get done. But so, yeah, I, I I game with him. He's one of my gaming homies, and uh, he always he always comes in with the mic, and it's just it, it's killer. I love it. And then Jason and Nicole are on here, Hunter. They're saying 
You're going to Reno next week. Yes, I'm gonna be at. I'm gonna be in Reno. Will Clark went through there. Uh, I'm not sure when, but they told me he spoke there. So I'll be talking to the college kids again. Well, th- those are those are all my peeps. Yeah, they. So is that I, right? Yeah, we, dude, Jason. I, I went to dinner. Did we had drinks uh, last time with Jason, Nicole, and Battleborn Mike, who long friends of the program. This is the coolest thing about Deuces Wild. Literally, a relationship was forged between Will and Battleborn Mike from Reno, and they bonded over hunting. And now Battleborn goes out to the Double Deuces Ranch all the time and hunts with Thrill. And then when Thrill comes in town, uh, they end up taking him hunting. And then Will, for a long time, has been doing speaking engagements here in Reno. Anyway, I actually joined him. One year easiest money I ever fucking made. Jeez. I mean, these things are just cha-ching, huh? So anyhow, uh, he then goes and, you know, he's talked to the college and the UNR program. And it's it's big. It's big, you know, especially these days in college athletics. I'm not sure if you talk to Savage or, uh, or any of the other college coaches about this. But this NIL money is like, this is real, man. Like UCLA, for example, and just about every other college with the exception of LSU. These guys don't have any fucking money. To pay the kids, but these kids are getting paid. So that's why you see LSU dominating the way they did this past year. I mean, there's like four teams that can give them guaranteed money to come come in. Like and it's it's becoming professional, you know. It's like like Oregon, AM, uh, LSU, a lot of the SEC schools. Like, I mean, you've heard of Tommy Tanks, right? He's gonna he'll be in the draft this year. Wake Forest is doing crazy things, man. I don't know if you've seen the pitching lab that they have, but man, Wake Forest is is going to be nuts this year because Burns, uh, that that pitcher from Tennessee, transferred over. Ooh, yeah, so Wake is, is Wake paying too? They got to be paying. You know, I I don't know what their funds are there with the NIL money, but it's got to be good because the the, the collection of talent. But I think the thing with Wake Forest is like if you're a pitcher. And you know that the best pitching lab in all of the nation, like big leaguers go there to train. And this guy, they have like this guru that like they rides it from, you know, from the catcher's mitt back and then like does all this stuff. So like he's going to craft you into the best version of yourself to make, you know, to be that top pick. Like that's what he's doing. We can guarantee you that you are going to get drafted and they can collect the best talented pitchers that you have. They also have another kid at first base that's gonna that's gonna be in the top rounds. It's like banging. Uh so they just have the best technology, is what Lake Forest has. And if you have a kid, do you want him to go become the best psychotic player he can become? So fun quick. Think story. about it. Well, answer that. What, like 100 percent that's yeah, it. Like we are gonna turn you into to the, the biggest best that you can make yourself. That's gonna happen at Lake Forest, no doubt. So I played in Cape Cod three different years. And so my first year I was with Chatham. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was a movie called Summer Cat. Yes, I remember that. So Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. The producer of that movie followed our team around the entire summer. And then five years later, boom, out comes Summer Catch. There was a guy that was on our team. His name was Eric Brubaker. He was a pitcher from Pepperdine. And he ended up helping with the whole production and everything else and a lot of the off-camera stories. And that's how they, you know, look, it was still very Hollywood. But there was a character there that was loosely, quote-unquote, loosely based after me. And the, the character was actually Brubaker, who was Matthew Lillard, the psycho killer from Scream. Oh, yeah. like, okay? And he was the guy that hooked up with D.D. Mulligan. Like, he was a California kid, the surfer guy that wanted to go home. He was struggling. And so he, like, was, like, in the Jeep, the surfboard going home. And then Freddie Prince Jr. ended up getting him to stay. Well, Freddie Prince Jr. was the local kid. And his uh, character was loosely based after this guy by the name of Peter Princey. Local kid, the whole deal, everything else. Well, Princey and I, to this day, are still best of friends. Now, I don't get to see him, obviously, as much as I would like. But he lives out in Boston. 
but he went to Wake Forest and he's fucking killing it in the financial world. And so he helped build that whole pitching lab because he was a pitcher at Wake Forest. So it's, it's the I, best. I, I can't it's wait to talk to him about it, but I, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're coming up with money for some of these athletes. Dude, Wake was really good last year. Uh, they're going to be even better. They're number one right now. So uh, they're going to be even better this year. I just had a thing this morning talking about it. Okay. Hey, the very, very last thing. Uh, here's the remaining guys off of that list. The first, they had Brandon Belt. They just said this is alphabetical order. If you're, the, if you're the Giants or if you're a team, like which guy here of these six undercover great free agents would you go with first? You have Brandon Belt. Araldis Chapman, J.D. Martinez, Tommy Pham, Jorge Soler, and then let's not forget about Marcus Stroman. Those are big names all in their mid-30s. I mean, the youngest is Soler at 32. The other guys are basically, they're like Pham's 36, J.D. Martinez 36, Chapman 36, Belt's 36, and then Strowman's 33 years old. These are all guys coming off good years, dude. The two that pop out to me off the top of my head is J.D. Martinez and Strowman. Yeah. Like, Strowman, Strowman can do it, man. He, he He's a grinder. He's He's got just great movement. Um, I, I mean, all of them, I think, can help. Solaire's another one. I mean, we're talking a World Series MVP, man. If you've done it on the biggest stage, I believe in you. Like, you've shown me something. Uh, and also, the Marlins made the playoffs last year, you know? Like, I look for players that where they go win. Like, that is something that matters to me. Once again, back to my – Tommy Pham. I mean, has he always won? He's been, you know, he's been traded around a lot. Tommy Pham is sneaky. Uh, he's a little bit, he's getting a little bit older. He, I mean, he was nasty in the World Series. That that Diamondbacks team took off. But J.D. Martinez, dude, this guy's a professional hitter, man. Uh, I think that he's going to hit till he's 40. Like, this dude can just, he's just, he's a, he's pro. And uh, so I like him. Uh, I, I mean, I like pitching. You know that. 33 homers for J.D. Martinez in 113 games last season. I know this sounds crazy, and it, it, it at least it probably does to the outside world or the casual baseball fan, but trust me when I tell you, he is one of the greatest right-handed hitters of our generation. All time. This dude is a methodical business hitter, and he's and like if, if he stays healthy, which I, I think it's a fluke that he got hurt. I mean, obviously, he's getting older. But dude, he his his swing and how dialed he is into everything. He's gonna he doesn't need to be as fast twitch. Like he's gonna be good in his later years. Like he's gonna continue to hit if he if he's on the field. He's gonna hit. All right, dude. Uh, just hey, ending it up here. I just want to say I love you. I can't thank you enough, bro. Like these conversations are. I didn't fuck it. I don't even care that they're on a podcast or on no filter or anything. I was like, I could sit here and do this all night. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, it's great chatting with you as well. Uh, man, awesome seeing you at the ABCA. Uh, I just ripped my headphones out, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad I was able to make it work and, uh, hopefully I'll catch you up again whenever you need me. Yeah, we got, we got a little something in the works that we'll go back and forth on, like I mentioned earlier. So hopefully, Hopefully we can make it happen and just continuing to spread the love of this great game. Yes, indeed. It's a pleasure. Hunter, one last thing uh, we'd like to do here before we uh, take off. And by the way, don't forget to pick up the new Let Them Play, a parenting and coaching guide to use sports at ericburns.com along with your daily hustle. Coffee mug. This thing's badass. Uh, yeah, Hunter. Um, any any last final words for you, actually, I want to give you before uh, – no, nah, man, I think we, we've kind of wrapped it all up. I guess I just wanted to hear, give me your top two you want out of all of them that you think, because you take from that, that those those six that are, you know, secret, you're not going to pay the big bucks. Who are your top two out of all of them for the Giants? You can have, well, I, you, know, you know what? For their price. Well, check this out, because Jock Peterson's not there. I think the Giants should sign Tommy Pham. You lost Mitch Hanniger. This guy, this guy has a fuck you chip on his shoulder. I don't see that. I don't know what their clubhouse dynamic is. I think it's going to help bringing in the like, like, like Pat Burrell and stuff. Like he's going to 
He's going to get a little more edge out of these guys. But Tommy Pham's a no-nonsense, no-bullshit, fuck-you guy. And let's not forget, in the World Series, he gave up his at-bat, and he was he, he was it was four for four, gave up a chance to go five for five in the World Series because he wanted Jace Peterson to get a World Series at bat. I thought that was super cool. So right. Tommy Pham, yeah, Tommy Pham is 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 one I would target. And then, dude, who doesn't love a flamethrowing lefty with a an edge as well? 36 years old. I know he's had some trouble in the past. Araldis Chapman. You bring in that monster arm, you add that to the bullpen. Those are two signs that they could I easily fucking do, right? You're going to get Otani 700. You could like Snell and these two guys, and you're not even at like a quarter of that. So, you know, I, I, overall, I'd say that's, that's, that's probably it, man. All right. All right, there bro. Yeah, tell, uh, tell Lexi, uh, send, her, send her our love. And Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Jalen, my homie, thanks for showing up. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go eat some chili with, and hang with the wife. And motherfucker, if you're in Reno next week, hit me up. I'll be there. You're gonna be you're close by Reno, bro. It's it's tall. I don't know. You, I don't know you were here. I'll I play pick, pickleball in Reno five days a week. All right, let's do and, it, dude. And by the way, have you ever been on a snowboard? Never. Oh shit. Dude, I know. Yeah, you're you're a surfer. This is yes. like the way. This is hey, we come come uh, board some powder with me. It's like the wave that never ends. I got. I want to do it. We we want to come. So I might hit you up for that. Let me know when we can do it. All right, dude. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. See ya.